All right, so we're off to episode 12. Episode 12, yeah. Episode 12 of the Mavs Podcast. I'm Al Sidhome, and you are Matt Sidhome. And uh, here we are. We're about a more than a quarter way through the season. I'd say, I don't know, I'm not good with fractions, but more than a quarter. Mavs, <laughs> Mavs, Mavs have a uh, big 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 comeback win. Disappointingly, big comeback win last night, uh, which, uh, which kind of moves us. Technically, we have a worse record than the Lakers, but we've beaten them twice. And uh, I'm going to start the show off today with uh, my bottom five rankings, okay? Because this, okay. really, this is really what Mavs fans are looking at. And uh, I don't think anyone's going to knock... Philadelphia off the top spot this year. And I, I think they're going to be the worst team record-wise, and, and they're definitely worse right now. We've got uh, we've got New Jersey. They're feisty, but uh, they're number two. And then okay. it starts getting interesting. Okay, you got, you got Phoenix. You got us. And I'm I'm gonna throw out Minnesota, even though they have as many wins as us. Shockingly, um, I'm gonna throw them out because I just feel like they're gonna figure it out at some point and start winning. So essentially, you've got us, Phoenix, and uh, what do you think the Lakers? I mean, they got 12 wins, but we'll say the Lakers. And so um, again, every win we get pushes us further down the ladder. Now, there's always lottery luck, but I want to start paying attention to these rankings every week because uh, strategically, uh, you've got to think the front office watching this, right? I know Donnie has said he doesn't want to mess with the basketball gods, you know, and deliberately tank, but um, I don't know. I feel like every smart Mavericks fan fear is that we go for the eighth correct? Oh, well, yes, and that actually was one of my points. I got a text from uh, our friend Ryan uh, during the Clippers win last weekend, and he just said he's, uh, he's, worried, about, he's worried about the Mavericks. He thinks we might kind of rally here as the season goes on, and, and that night uh, we, we did end up rallying and, and beat the Clippers, and they were down – you know, they didn't have Griffin or uh, or Chris Paul, but still, uh, that's another win. Yeah. And then last night, the win over the Lakers. And, and, yeah, I think Mavericks fans are getting a little nervous because, yeah, these, these wins might start to pile up a little bit, and we're really not that far off. I mean, it's only about four games out from uh, – four or five games out of the, out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, behind Sacramento. And Sacramento, you never know if – if they decide they're going to move on from Boogie Cousins, they immediately become – they might lose every game after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I I do worry. I do worry about that. I was listening to Bill Simmons' uh, Friday Rolling podcast today, and yeah. um, he was talking about his Celtics and how he really likes the team and how they've got Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, and Al Horford. And I'm just like, and he ranked them as the seventh best team in the, in the league. 
And so you weigh okay. that up against a red-hot Darren Williams, uh, Harrison Barnes, Dirk, Matthews is playing well. I mean, we could basically play with anybody at any night, you know, uh, if we put together a good fourth quarter like we did last night, a good third quarter last night, but same difference. Well, if we finish a game, essentially. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you and many Mavericks fans out there that uh, we're going to put it together in some capacity, and I feel like uh, with holding back any movement on player personnel moves uh, trade-wise, is I think they're holding out hope for a boogie trade. I, I'm, I think they're really scared to trade anybody because – I know I pitched this early in the year, which was like our lottery pick and Harrison Barnes for, for Boogie Cousins. Yeah. I don't know if I would do that, but I think the Mavericks would do that in a second. And, um, you know, I think they'll hold out hope. I think that's Mark Cuban's dream scenario. And then he lines up Dirk with Boogie and Darren Williams and Wes Matthews, and he's rolling, you know. Yeah, I just don't know because if you think about it, if you're the king, yeah, right now the Mavericks look like they're headed towards the lottery, and right now the Kings are in the eighth spot. But if that trade happens, whenever that trade happens, those spots may flip, and all of a sudden that pick that you just got from the Mavericks is is not as good as you once thought. Now you're kind of in the mid, like in the mid teens, possibly with that pick because they have DeMarcus Cousins and, and a more competent coach and more competent organization. So it may take yeah. – and why why pick up a future first-rounder for the Mavericks when, again, if they've got Cousins and they can sort of rebuild on the fly a little bit, uh, that, that's not a – that's a low pick in, in subsequent years. Not to say the Mavericks are a championship team at that point, but I think the Houston Rockets are proving that – you get a couple of decent players, and, and you can string together quite a few wins in the league. I agree, and I think uh, I think they're holding out hope because I don't think they believe Lottie Divac knows everything he just said. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I think Vladi Divac is going to say, "Oh, I get a top five pick," and. Harrison Barnes, who is potential All Star small forward, and I have all these other centers. We're good. Like he doesn't, he doesn't realize the Mavericks would be better. Now, on the other hand, would I rather have, uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray from Denver? If I'm Sacramento, yes. You know, but does Sacramento do that deal? I, I, I just don't know. And I just hope we don't hold out too long because, uh, I think, uh, this leads me to my first point. This, well, actually, I don't know if you want to call the top five rankings the point. So we'll say this is my first point for the week is finally came out in the open that Bogut and Dirk do not play well together. Uh, plus minus terrible. Bogut talked about it. Um, I think that opened the door up to, uh, everyone involved to be comfortable with the trade because, you know, the fact that you might have to play them separately now defeats the purpose of Bogut being your starting center and Dirk is yep. forward. So I'm hoping we just push that along because honestly, like, 
I don't even know. I don't know the plus minus numbers. I only know the eyeball test. And um, I don't think we're that much better with Bogut. You know, I know he gets good numbers. I just don't know if we're that much better. Like, uh, even last night without Dirk, we did have Bogut. He didn't do too much. And we played great. Like, I, I wonder if they have gotten used to playing really without both of them. And, uh, you know, Bogut just has more value as a trade ship. Right. Well, I, I completely agree. And, and Bogut's rebounding numbers have been good, but some of that is a function of we are a horrible rebounding team, but there's going to be some rebounds, and he's going to be the biggest guy on the court. So, you know, no one else on this team is really a very good rebounder, so he's going to get the lion's share of the 30 or so rebounds that we collect every game. And I, I don't think that necessarily means he's great at what he does. And not to bag on Andrew Bogut, I think he's a good player. I just don't know if he's, to your point, if he makes us a whole lot better. I think he's just one more pretty good player. And it's in the same vein as like a Darren Williams. It's like Darren Williams has been great lately, and he's making his shot. He's still not making everyone around him better. It's just more he's making shots. So we like Darren Williams right now. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week. Darren Williams, if you look at him as a Jason Cherry replacement, you love Darren Williams. If right. you look at him as, oh, he used to be up there with Chris Paul as one of the best point guards in the league, I mean, he, he's just not that anymore. He's a gunner. He's streaky. Right. streaky. He's got a great shot, and uh, you love him when he's hot. So I, I think yeah. he's, he's great. And then occasionally he'll make like a bonehead move like Jason Terry would. Jason Terry was below defensive assignments, right and left, drive Jason Kidd crazy. But um, you know what? He was fearless. And uh, yeah. Darren Williams has that same style. Like uh, when he is hot, he will shoot over anybody. So That's true. Uh, That's true. But yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Where if you could get a first for Darren Williams, you do it. And he's a free agent in the off season. Maybe you just throw him right back here as your sixth man. But uh, I anyway. think with the Mavericks, to your point about the Demarcus Cousins trade, I think if they're going to set themselves up for that, I think they have to go into sort of tank light mode, meaning let's make a deal for Bogut right now and try to get a first round pick. Yeah, And let's make a deal for Darren Williams now, knowing you're probably just getting a second rounder for him. And now two players who have done some good things for you are off your roster. You're really not as good as you were before. And so you lose a few more games, not that they're having too much trouble losing, but they're certainly more competitive these days. And you kind of put yourselves in a little better position to go to Vladi and say, hey, look, I mean, this is going to be a pretty good pick next year. I mean, he gets you know your guys are gonna have two of the two of the top lottery picks in this you know stellar draft, and then we, we take Cousins off your hands, you know, uh, because I think if you have to give up the draft picks and you're giving up Barnes, I don't know how much better a team you really are with just adding Demarcus Cousins here. Right. Yeah, I love that idea as a way to convince Lottie even further that this pick will be a lottery pick. Um, work. I think really what you need is for Boogie's agent or Boogie to come out and say, I'm not resigning here and let the sweep. Yeah. Because 
You know, they're just going to, especially with the new uh, CBA out, I think uh, they're just going to hold out hope that, that Cousins will not leave that money on the table to go elsewhere. And, um, I mean, we're talking, I think it's about $70 million difference now to leave yeah. as a free agent. So uh, that would be understandable. Um, now, would you have any concerns about his volatile, uh, his perceived volatile emotional makeup? Yes. <laughs> highly, <laughs> highly Next concerned. Question. Next question. Yeah. Uh, I just, I wanted to answer that like I was Rick Carlisle. Yes. Uh, okay. I, I, um, I thought about this, though. I thought about this. Well, wait. What were you going to say? Well, I, I thought about the Rajon Rondo thing and, and that while some people had concerns about him meshing from a basketball perspective, everyone kind of thought, look, when Rondo's in a good situation, he's great for the team and all this. And he came to Dallas, and uh, not only was he bad for us basketball-wise, but he was horrible. I mean, we told him to just go away by the time the playoffs rolled around. I mean, it could not have gone worse with him. And so I've heard some stories where people are like, Man, you get to Marcus Cousins in the right situation. You know, hey, Coach Calipari had no problems with him in Kentucky. You know, hey, he'll be fine in a winning situation. But does that mean does a winning situation have to be like the Cleveland Cavaliers, or could he be? Could he come into Dallas, have a couple pieces around them? Because the Mavericks would still be a few moves away from being a championship contender. Yeah, like it's still it's not as if he comes here and it's like, oh, man, we're really good now because we've got this guy and this guy. Now, if we manage to hang on to Barnes, like if we didn't give up any of kind of the younger players, if we've got Barnes and Cousins and Wesley Matthews, then you can kind of be like, all right, well, this, is, this is a pretty good team. But are we a championship team? I, I still think we're not at that level. Yeah, I agree. Um with that part, I, I thought about this and I <clears throat> try to turn it around. You're 18, okay, and let's just give you an arbitrary career, like you're an accountant, but you're this amazing accountant. You like, I mean, Excel is just a joke to you. you just, just the way you blow through numbers, okay, you're just this amazing accountant. They're like, well, this accountant here, he's going to be the greatest accountant ever, but then you go to like, Acme Inc., okay, and you're working there, and it's the most dysfunctional place ever. Your boss is an idiot. You're smarter than your boss. Um, He keeps, keeps, you know, hiring the wrong managers. Everything's dysfunctional around you, and you're the smartest guy there the whole time. And so your friends are like, why don't you quit and go to somewhere else? Oh, you can't. It's just not allowed. You have to. They can only fire you, but you can't quit, okay? I, right. But you're 18, 19, 20, 21, and you're growing up in this environment. I just think of the habits created. I just think of, like, no structure. Who is teaching this guy, you know, respecting a coach, respecting a boss? It's just... I think a lot of bad habits were created, but I don't know if it's apples to apples to Rondo because Rondo played, Rondo won a championship. He was on good teams and everybody yeah. hated him and everybody hated right. him. And I just, 
that's why I'm going to give Boogie the benefit of the doubt in this regard because I think he's been unfair. Like, if he were to have, I would have equally or maybe more so criticized him if he was the good Boy Scout in a situation like this because Sacramento, that is like a house on fire all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, they've made horrible draft picks. I mean, they they brought in Rondo last year thinking he was going to make a difference there, and and he didn't. I mean, that was another disaster on Rondo's resume. But, yeah, I I, I agree. It it may be, and I think that's the great unknown. I think a lot of teams are thinking about making a big move for Boogie, but that's kind of the, the, the wariness is like, all right, if we get this guy, if we're all in on this guy, because it's one thing, I mean, think about how much the Rondo move hurt the Mavericks. Oh, God. You know, and that's that's a pretty – and all we did was trade one first-round pick, and we got Dwight Powell, who we like. We think he can be here for a while. You know, but you think about what it might take to get Boogie. I mean, if you're trading a couple years' worth of draft picks and one of your young good players, not that we have, like, amazing good players, but that's that's one more guy – I mean, if all of that is gone and he, you know, fizzles out and hates it here and it's just miserable, like, uh, that could really cripple your franchise. Well, yeah. I think two things have to happen for this conversation even to be considered is he would have to have uh, agreed to an extension, whether it's verbal or official, before the trade with Dallas. And then... um the other thing is he, he really has to ask for a trade. I, I don't I don't think Sacramento is gonna willfully trade him because they're just for all their flaws, they do realize that like a superstar is is vital to win. You know, they just cannot figure it out up there. So Right, right. Anyway Agreed, yeah. No, it's not gonna happen in Sacramento, but it's really gonna be interesting to see where he where he does end up, because I don't know if it's going to be worth that $70 million for him to just be miserable for the rest of his career. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. So that was my main point. It's time, it's time to, uh, it's time to move Bogut. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I still really like my trade from last week of, uh, him and Devin Harris for Greg Monroe. Um, but I don't, and I think Milwaukee would do it. Honestly, so I, don't I think that's a pretty good trade. I I just don't know. Uh, yeah, I I kind of like that deal. I yeah. think I, I would I would be pretty excited excited if that's what the Mavericks ended up with with Greg Monroe and they still have their draft pick. Yeah, because I do think that team needs a veteran presence, and they've got enough like awesome young players to where I think Harrison Bogut would do great for them. Like, I don't think yeah. it's a bad trade. For, like, Monroe's gone after this year. He has a player option, and he wants out of there. But I, I think it would be great for them as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so what's your point? Your so my other point, I think we should hit on the uh, the weird Salah Mejri controversy coming out of the Houston game. Um, so Houston comes in here the other night and they blow out the Mavericks Uh, not a huge surprise there they're playing really well and the Mavericks are the Mavericks so Um, but coming out of it you have Trevor Ariza waiting outside the locker room 
<laughs> for solemn measure. And you've got Patrick Beverly standing outside the Mavs press conference area shouting at Rick Carlisle. That was awesome. And <laughs> which I kind of like, like I wish we were better so that this rivalry would be kind of headed towards something like a, a seven game series in the playoffs would be awesome, but that's not even close to happening in the next couple of years. But right. I just thought it was fascinating that <laughs> Salah Mejri fairly was talking trash and just has created so much animosity between the two teams that the Rockets think this is like an organization-wide thing. Like they've really taken this to to another level with with their hatred um, of the uh, of the Mavericks, but particularly Salah. I don't I don't understand this at all. Well, and the comical part was them saying how, you know, disrespectful of an organization we were as Patrick Beverly was shouting at Rick Carlisle during his press conference. That's one, uh, which didn't make sense in terms of, uh, it just seemed hypocritical. And then the other thing I, when I heard it was about, uh, Mesri said something about, uh, Ariza's mother, which, is like as if he knows Ariza's mother. I, I mean, it's so generic playground, <laughs> you know. Well, that's just it. Like this guy's from Tunisia. Yeah. And like he's he's just sort of shouting whatever. Like, do you really think Salah Mejri like meant something really like mean about like Trevor Ariza's mother? I was afraid when I first heard the story that they were waiting for him that it was something like weirdly racist that came wow. out, you know, like that solemn measure. <laughs> said something like that, but instead it was like, well, he said something about his family. And I'm like, well, uh, okay. Here's another level that needs to be discussed. Has anyone ever heard a solemn measure interview? <laughs> uh, I have. Yes. Yeah. What are yeah. the odds that Ariza understood nothing that Mejri said? <laughs> oh, that's just it. I just don't like what, could he possibly have said and have been understood that would have been taken so horribly that it's like, oh, what a classless franchise these guys are. This is unbelievable. Yeah. And for Patrick Beverly to come out with it, who, I mean, had his own issues throughout his career. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Beverly is, is he's not what you'd call a pillar of respect. I mean, he, yeah. he's just his whole game is based on agitation and annoyance. And, and so <laughs> right, right. To, to come off as Johnny honorable makes, makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So again, you know, unfortunately Houston comes off as looking very unintelligent. And, and first I would like to add on to this Harden saying how disrespectful we are again, as he has bastardized the game of basketball with like his, the way he just, I mean, he's like Manu Ginobili on steroids. The way he just like flops everywhere and is just looking for calls. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a bad shooter. But his drives to the basket are a joke, you know. And the, the calls that he gets are a joke. And that, to me, he doesn't respect the game to, to just make that his game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's like the guy in pickup basketball who every time he drives, he goes, I got it. I got it. He calls the foul. And then when somebody rolls their eyes, he starts shouting, 
Hey, respect the call. Respect exactly. the call. You found that. Found that me. is James and Harden. Like, and that is James and like, Harden. That guy and makes it not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's why I don't like him as a player. Um, I don't like him as a teammate. And I'm glad we don't have him. I, I really am. And uh, it's just, uh, it was just so ironic for him to say, we don't respect the game or we're disrespectful as an organization. Because it's well, just for the like, whole group of them. For the whole yeah. group of them. And, and plus, they just won by 30 points. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like, who are you trashed? Like, go stand up to, like, Golden State, you know, and, and take a stand there. Like, all right, hey, we're a better organization. We're better this. It's like, you're you're a dozen games better than the Dallas Mavericks this year. You're clearly yeah. a better team. So yeah. so what what you know? <laughs> why go after this organization? And most of those guys haven't been there long enough to kind of remember some of the years where there was a real rivalry between the two teams. You know, when McGrady and Yao were there, and you know Dirk and Nash were here. You know, kind of the early aughts. I mean, those were some great battles, but. You know, most of both both rosters. Nobody's here from those years. So no, just, I, uh, I, yeah. I I felt bad again for the city of Houston because, uh, you know, there's a lot. Dallas can care less about Houston, but there's a lot of Dallas haters in Houston. Like Houston yes. has a tremendous inferiority complex to Dallas, and again, it's just uh, it turns out being embarrassing. You know, for for people that are. <laughs> respectful Houstonians, you know, I've got no issues with them, but then to be represented by, by those clowns, it's, I, again, I just feel bad for those good people of Houston because they deserve better than that nonsense. You know, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's so, too bad. Yeah, so that's my other point. The big, the, the, you know, hot, hot Salah Mesri incident. That just and happened. that's, that's, and that's why I love that guy. He's fearless. He's just like, he's, it's really awesome, you know. He just comes in there, he stirs it up, and he could care less. You know, he's seven feet tall. He really, yeah, he really doesn't care. He'll go after people. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, all of that started after an Andrew Bogut screen that got Harden in the face. Yeah, and yet, like, <laughs> and Bogut kind of skated on that. I mean, Harden was pissed about it, obviously. I think they called, like, a flagrant foul, but... Like, but otherwise, things immediately shifted over to Salah after that. Like, nobody yeah. afterwards was like, oh, yeah, and that bogus screen. Like, it was <laughs> it just we're so angry at Salah measure. It's really weird. Well, yeah, and Bogut, I mean, every screen that guy does is, is just a, a train wreck. And, and I, I think he just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, well, I, I got called a flagrant on this one, but I'm not even... <laughs> Not even called on on ninety percent of these that I do. I'm not even called. You know, no fouls are called. So it, that part was amusing. Well, but uh, I guess a little entertainment to a not so entertaining game. Um, yeah. And so, what do we got on the docket for uh, for this week? Uh, I think uh, let's see. Tonight we have. Uh, yeah. Well, this should be an easy one for the Mavericks, <laughs> the Golden State Warriors. Um, Gosh. Um, and so this is this is where I'm conflicted. I would like nothing more than for them to go in there and just put a beat down on Golden State. But sure. what that? But imagine what that would do for the Mavericks organization. They would then think they are 
you know, they are the formula to beat to beat Golden State, and then they would want the eighth seed again. So right, right. A win sure. could be a lose lose, and a loss could be a win win. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> That's, I'm going to go ahead and put that one in the loss column. But then, uh, you know, after the new year, they come back, they host uh, the Wizards and the Suns. Ooh, so, a chance for uh, two victories next week. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we haven't we won three of five? Is that right? I think we've won three. Uh, of five. Let's see. Beat the, uh, yeah, three yeah. of five. Yeah, lost to the Pelicans and Rockets in there, but otherwise. Beat yeah. the uh, beat the Blazers and Clippers on back-to-back games, and then I mean we've won yeah, three straight on the West Lakers. Coast, so uh, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Be, be an interesting night, but yeah, in January I looked at January's schedule and it looks really soft. So I well, and that's really... something I looked at at the start of the year. Like I I remember looking at the schedule and thinking, gosh, it's brutal early on, but. January and February really ease up. And uh, that's where, yeah, if Dirk gets healthy or 100% healthy where there's no minutes restrictions and Berea's back and, and Devin Harris has been playing better, it's like, yeah, you can, you can see this team really put some wins together. I, I think they're still too far out. They may not be too far out actually from the playoffs, depending on what, you know, Portland or, or Sacramento does. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah, a little, little bit of, uh, nervousness, uh, about this season now in, in a way that's like, man, I really hope we don't end up just matching that eighth seed and, and being just fodder for the Warriors. Well, and another likely scenario is we go 500 the rest of the way and we miss the playoffs. Um, but I'd still be disappointed with that too. Cause I mean, I don't want a ninth or 10th pick either. Right, know, right. And that's where it gets, uh, I don't want to put too much weight on hoping uh, for the ping pong to pop up as a top three pick. You know, I really, I would really like us to be within the top six, you know? And so, yeah. uh, I don't know. That's, that's where I think, uh, your idea of starting to trade a couple of these guys. And then, uh, that would be really good. Cause then during our week schedule month, we still have a little adjusting to do and uh, maybe a few extra games slip away because of it. So. Yeah. Or we cash in on the Bogut, you know, if we can get a first rounder for Bogut and we've got two that are in the five to 15, five to 15 or 20 range. Yeah. That's, that's still, that that'll still work. Even if the Mavericks end up with the, you know, ninth or 10th best record in the league. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, all right, so who else do we have in the next week? We've got Golden State tonight. Yeah. Who else? Wizards. Wizards next Wednesday. Okay. Or Tuesday, excuse me. Yeah. Tuesday, the Wizards at home. Thursday, the Suns at home. All right. So I'm going to predict two and one, huh? I That's I, that, a real strong candidate. I mean, that, the Wizards, it's also a weird one with them. You never know what you're going to get, but that's a very winnable game. That's, that's not a good team. So, yeah, should should be a, a two-in-one week for the Mavericks. Two-in-one, and then um, let's have some trade rumors come up. I think it's time. We've got about six weeks or so till the trade deadline, I think. So uh, Yeah, it's going to be yeah mid-February, so hopefully they'll uh, – yeah, I, I want to hear something get going pretty soon here, but the Mavericks should be sellers for sure. Ah, 
Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, this is going to be a very stressful month for Maverick fans as we start piling up wins. Um, well, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. I think that'll, that'll do it. All right. Well, I'm Alf at home. You're Matt's at home. And you could reach us at the, how, how do we say this? At the Mavs, <laughs> at the Mavs podcast on Twitter. And yep. then Mavs podcast at gmail.com. Write in a question, write in a comment. We're happy to read them on air. And then um, until next week, right? Go Mavericks. Go Mavericks. <laughs> or don't go Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> don't go Mavericks. All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. See ya. Goodbye. Okay,